Father, we pray that you would help us again. Uh, stir us, we pray, to the advance of your kingdom and specifically this mission we've got to take your gospel and be witnesses as they were in the book of Acts. So I just pray, Spirit of God, come, help us in these minutes. Amen. All right, so we're in Acts chapter one again. Coach Jesus is last minute, last 40 days, and he's speaking to them about the kingdom of God, the spirit of God, and the mission of God. And we're just gonna read from verse eight, uh, verse eight and nine. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And as he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And we know the two angels appear. And the angels basically say, yes, he is coming back, but don't just stand there gazing into heaven. He's coming back. The two boys in white with the, firing the starting pistol. So we've got these topics of the kingdom, the spirit, uh, the mission. What do we know about their mission? And just so you know where the sort of overarching thought here is when we have a, a preeminent purpose in life that's God's agenda for our lives, we are much more resilient to the daily, weekly, seasonal, COVID, etc. difficulties that we're going through. So part of the blessing of being on God's mission is that we are a lot more robust. The thought being that a hunting dog doesn't even know he's got fleas, he certainly doesn't worry about the fleas too much. But if there's no mission, it's, oh, I'm being bitten by another flea, and you know, and another flea, and that was a whole pack of fleas, and what's going on, and how, you know, and you just go in on yourself. But if we're on the hunt with the kingdom of God, uh, the mission of God, it's, it's like, woof, yeah. <laughs> when I was a much younger man, do you remember the, um, the song, Who Let the Dogs Out? <laughs> do you remember that? Okay, it, it's actually true. We ran, this was in Zimbabwe, I, I think I'd been a, led a church for about three years and we, we ran a conference a bit like this. In, it was called the Dogs Conference. And the theme song was Who Let the Dogs Out? And, uh, yeah, yeah, because, okay, it gets even better. It's because there was a, so I was given this, I was given this prophetic word, which you're gonna laugh at, but it really helped me on my journey. This, this person said, PJ, I see you surrounded by a pack of dogs, and you're in this field, and you just ran towards the extremity of the field with this pack of dogs, right towards the fence. And together, you just went straight through the fence into another field, and repeat another field and straight through the fence into a, another field and I, I feel the Lord saying you're gonna be like a pack of hungry dogs for Jesus taking the gospel to different fields. Actually, that wasn't that funny. It, was, it feels anointed even now. <laughs> 25 years later. <laughs> so anyway, just to establish that because we were, we were just starting to plant churches. We could hardly spell church and we thought we're gonna plant another one, you know. Uh, but God was with us, and th there was, yeah, and we'd all go, hoo, hoo. <laughs> and God has, been, God has been faithful. He's helped us to keep running, not at fences, but through fences for him, and different fields. 
This here is a field, what we got going in the, what y'all got going in the Midwest, an amazing field. And it's growing and we're gonna be taking up an offering. We're gonna be praying that we'll break through another fence, plant another church. And we know not where. We're gonna do an offering in about 20 minutes time in faith. I've done these over the years that you don't wait for a church plant to materialize and then raise money. You say, no, we know we're gonna plant churches. We don't know quite who or where yet, but we're gonna get the war chest ready. And that's, that's the kind of faith that, that brings things into being that God, God loves. So what do we learn about the mission of God? Woof. <laughs> Man, that is a blast from the past, how wonderful. Um, yes, we did this conference to establish that, church planning conference, and we've been doing them ever since, but we've lost the who let the dogs out. Let's resurrect it, right? Uh, so a few, th- <laughs> a few things about the mission um, that Jesus said, it just, like we read it and it's such a well-known thing, it was, think about this bunch of jokers at the time, Jesus saying, take the gospel not just to Jerusalem, <laughs> to Jerusalem would have been a big enough deal, but he charged them to take it into the surrounding areas and to the ends of, and, and to the, ends of the earth. We think now, oh yeah, that's fine. It would, if we'd listened in at this time, we'd have thought, Jesus, don't even raise their expectations. They, they're just not good enough. <laughs> their track record and so on. But they actually did it. And um, you know the maps in the back of our Bibles? This is Jerusalem. And that's Rome. Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 28. 28 chapters, it equals 30 years. In 30 years, we, and we just get the snapshot of Paul and that pack of dogs. There were other apostolic teams working and busting out into fields, different fields all over the place. Just Paul and friends, oof. They, they took the gospel from here all the way around to Rome. That's where, that's where the, the book ends, with Paul in Rome. And they got so far, they actually did it. Real places, like town names that we think of here in the Midwest, with real people who really didn't want to hear the claims and teachings of Christ. Same thing here. And they took it. And one of our little strap lines in advance is let's do it again. Let's do what again? Let's do the book of Acts again. What, what could we do in the next 30 years if like them, we lent into God and one another, drew on his spirit, took his commission seriously, and we've got 2,000 years of church experience to learn from. We've got the full canon of scripture. They didn't. We've got technology coming out of our ears. Like, would it, surely it would just be wrong to not run at fences, like packs of dogs, and, and, and believe God for even more than they did in the book of Acts, because the commission's the same, and God's the same, and the need is the same, amen? So they actually did it. Some of us think we probably don't have another full book of Acts left in us. Some of us are saying, God, one more book of Acts. Some of you have got two books of Acts left in you. Some half a book of Acts. Some a third of a book of Acts, if God spares you. Let's not die wondering. Let's, 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 let's believe God that we can do it again. They actually did it. Point number two, the general plan was work outward. 
healthy-based church. They filled Jerusalem, didn't they? And then I think they got, I think they went from healthy to stagnant, and they needed a persecution. So Acts, because Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth is, is the table of contents, really, for the book of Acts. <laughs> and Jerusalem, it was Acts 2 through to, through to Acts 7, 8, then the persecution came. Generally, we work outwards. We get healthy, but we mustn't get stuck. Don't, get, don't wait for perfection. Let's multiply. Let's have some puppies and run at more fences. But you, you don't even, you're not even well-trained. I know, but that's okay. We, you, you get healthy, and then you, we must move forward. And sometimes we need a, a persecution to get us moving forward. Sometimes we need someone to come along and say, hey, don't just get good at the first quarter of the Great Commission, Jerusalem. There's Judea, the Samaria, and the, the ends of the earth. And we're called as local churches to engage with all of them. We engage differently in, in different spheres. We must be in partnership. We need partnership just to do Jerusalem well, but we cannot do Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth without, without church-to-church partnership. But the general plan is to work outwards, but don't get stuck. Keep moving. Health, yes, but then we keep moving. Generally, a concentric spread with some wild card moments. So it was meant to go Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, but it went Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and Africa, Philip and the Ethiopian. Divine appointment, comes across this guy reading a Bible, don't understand this, explains to him, baptizes him. Implication, he goes back to Ethiopia. And I'm grateful for that because my three children, my three sons, all, all came to know Jesus in the great continent of Africa. Wild cards. We must be alert to that. The next church you guys plant might not be in the Midwest. Might be in Russia. Might be in Brazil. It'll probably be somewhere else in the Midwest as we grow up. But it could be there. We must be open to that. Uh, third, the plan, this mission was, su- was supernaturally empowered. Please say supernaturally empowered. So Luke really pushes this. He starts the book saying, my first book, the Gospel of Luke, was about what Jesus began to do and teach. And he was deliberately setting up a head scratcher. No, but Jesus dies at the beginning, I mean, uh, ascends at the beginning of the book of Acts. Isn't, isn't it the Acts of the Apostles? No, it's really the Acts of Jesus through the Apostles or the Acts of Jesus and the Holy Spirit through the Apostles. It's not very well named. I mean, it was the Acts of the Apostles, but more fundamentally, Jesus was continuing to do and teach through the Apostles and the early church. And then the same early chapters, we see people getting filled with the Spirit. He's, He's trying to say this is a supernaturally empowered mission. And then it's not just empowered, it's sovereignly organized and enabled. So I need about um, eight people to come up, please. We're going old school. Do you remember when we used to have visual aids like these? So yeah, yeah, good. Could we have uh, eight people? And you must... Okay, don't, you, I want your Judea and Samaria. You are the ends of the earth, Henry. It's fitting. It's fitting. Chris, you are Europe, which is fitting. Can you get in the line in this order? Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. 
yeah, uh, the ends of the earth. There, actually, you go there. Then there's Europe, and then you are Africa, and you can be Rome, Ash, and uh, Paula. You are catalytic people at the end. So we know the gospel started in Jerusalem, da-da-da, but how did that, because you just think, how, how could it ever, how could the gospel ever take root in Springfield, Missouri, or your town? How did it ever gain traction in Jerusalem? Flip it, TJ, please. The Spirit of God came, and the church grew 3,000 people in one day, baptized. We must log God was at work. It's a supernatural mission. Fences bust open, not because of the size of the shoulders on the dogs, but because God was opening a way. And what about Judea and Samaria? Nate, flip. Persecution. They got stuck and God organized something and many believers left Jerusalem. Cyprus, they went as far as Antioch where they were first called Christians. People had to... If people in your church leave because this job moves, don't, don't be too sad. Think, hmm, where are you going? Sovereign orchestration of God. Um, ends of the earth, which had, I meaning how did it go from Judea and Samaria to begin to get to the ends of the earth? Acts 13, they were praying together and we're told the Holy Spirit said set apart two of the five elders, we presume, to the work which I've called them, that's Barnabas and Saul, and it seemed good to them and the Holy Spirit, so they sent them off. The two founding elders, in that one prayer meeting, the Spirit said, probably through a prophetic word, and they felt resonance with it, and they sent the two out, and it started an incredible move of God, because they were more freed up from their local church. The congregation didn't say, where are you? We're paying you. They said, no, we get it. Jesus sets the mission of this church, not us. And he said, we're responsible for our Jerusalem, so let's be responsible for that. But we're also responsible for further. So where's he this weekend? Where's she this weekend? They're helping another church. Oh, well, aren't they on our payroll? No, they're on Jesus' payroll for a start. We're on his mission and we're about more than just our Jerusalems. And whatever we sow, we reap and, and all of that. We've still got to be responsible. But God's at work. Uh, Europe, how did it get, get into Europe? A dream. They tried to get into Asia Minor. They tried to get into Bithynia. But the Spirit of Jesus stopped them, which is very encouraging. If we get ahead of ourselves, we've got the assurance that the Holy Spirit will stop us. The Spirit of Jesus will stop us. So we can... We can be nearly reckless. Paul, the great apostle Paul was, sure, Bithynia, Asia Minor. We can get into those, but no, the spirit of Jesus closed those doors. So it's no problem if we try something and then do a U-turn. Right. <laughs> the great apostle Paul and friends did some U-turns from time to time. We do them, and we don't go, oh, it was a failure. We go, yeah. The spirit of Jesus closed that door because he's opening another one. He had a dream. A man from Macedonia saying, come, come help us. And the next morning he told the friends at breakfast and off they went into Philippi, the leading city of Macedonia in Europe. 
and they met Lydia. She just opened her home. A jailer came to faith, a demonic slave girl. A church was planted. The gospel got into Europe, and I'm grateful for that because I came to faith in Europe. God's at work. Uh, How about Africa? Stranger to stranger encounter, Philip and the Ethiopian politician. How did it get to Rome? Well, the latter chapters of the book of Acts, you read them, they're just God's doing saving miracles of Paul after saving miracles. He saved them from soldiers, saved him from snakes, saved him from storms. God was at work in this mission. He was, the God of heaven was empowering this seemingly impossible mission. And God, along the way, used catalytic people. He used lots of people, like all the believers and the whole feel of Acts and the, and the epistles as every member a missionary and every member building up the local body. But God did use catalytic people. He provided catalytic people. So Philip was particularly instrumental in getting the gospel from Jerusalem into Samaria and Africa. Paul was respons- uh, responsible for getting the gospel with Barnabas from Tarsus to Antioch. He actually moved, and we need to remember that. It's like we just read. Uh, Barnabas went to get Saul uh, from Tarsus. Was he in Tarsus for 14 years? I've just gone blank. uh, Barnabas sees the grace of God happening in Antioch, and he thinks we need help. So we need to remember some church gave Paul away. It wasn't just though he moved. No, the, the, the... okay, we're going to send him to Antioch because we're with you. We believe in giving and sowing and the Lord. It was amazing. And then Barnabas and Paul, Saul, they were the two real founding elders in Antioch. And we just read Acts 13 and they sent them out. Imagine, imagine explaining to the congregation, that guy and that guy, best preacher, best leader and best worship leader. We're sending them out. Oh, but what? No, this was, woof. This was go, run at that fence. We'll be fine because our church is built on Jesus, not personalities. Paul, um, Paul and Barnabas took it from Antioch to the world. Timothy, we read in Acts 16, he was in Lystra, Lystra, and, and he was spoken well of by all the church. And Paul said, can you release him? And he was released. And Timothy was an immeasurable help to this pack of dogs, this mission, of immeasurable help to Ephesus. Timothy and a church gave up this choice young man. And I'm sure they sowed him. They didn't just say goodbye. Go, Timothy, we're going to miss you so bad. We're going to miss you. I don't know what we're going to do without you. But Paul, he doesn't belong to us. Paul, he doesn't belong to you. Paul said, I know he doesn't. He's the Lord's. That's why we can give, sow, reap. It's wonderful. Um, Who would App be? Apollos. (laughs) Um, uh, Who was the couple who explained the way of God to him? Priscilla and Aquila helped him. And then he said, uh, can I go to Corinth? I want to help. And we're told he was a great help to the believers in Corinth. And it looks like he stayed there. Do you remember 1 Corinthians 3? 
Is it three? Paul says, like, you know, I'm of, some of you say you're of Apollos, some are of Paul. He, Apollos grew in from, I think, from a t- an evangelist and teacher into an apostolic man, and he was huge in Corinth. But somewhere else sowed him. The brothers sent him. Uh, Peter and John didn't go. They were based in Jerusalem, and they would go and help churches get planted and people get filled with the Spirit in Samaria and so on. When the, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the gospel of Jesus, they said, but have they received the Spirit? And they went down to check, and they were probably away a few Sundays, helping, helping, getting people filled with the Spirit. And then they're coming back, and then they'd go out again, and then they'd send out some more dogs, and we're staying so you can go. There was different ways of operating to see this mission happen. It was all empowered by God, and I think that's the last one. You guys, you've been eye candy as well for us. Thank you so much. You can just put them down there. (laughs) Okay, point number four, last point. We continue this ancient story. Please say, we continue this ancient story. Jesus is still doing and teaching, hallelujah, through us. And it's a supernaturally empowered and orchestrated mission. I want to call us to faith. Our response is a call to faith. God is still at work. When we say, let's do it again, we actually mean... Jesus is still doing it, and we're going to join him with what he's doing. It's just not as funky as saying, let's do it again. But what we mean is God's at work. It's the acts of Jesus through us, the acts of the Spirit through us. A call to faith. God is at work. Let's join in. And secondly, a call for COVID to catalyze, not paralyze. A call for COVID to catalyze us, not paralyze us. It's a season, different, God's doing different things, but it's great opportunity. Some of us feel like we're, in this season we're figuring stuff out again and drawing the bow back with multiple arrows. We're not quite sure where we're going to shoot them, but, but we're thinking about that more. Catalyzed, not paralyzed. I believe COVID is providing us with a wooden stake. You use wooden stakes apparently to kill vampires. there's an unholy trinity of vampires that suck the blood out of churches, and they are consumerism, individualism, and over-politicization. And COVID is either going to enhance those, be rocket fuel to them, or COVID is a stake in in our hands that we can drive into this unholy trinity of blood-sucking vampires that want to diminish the church in America. So COVID brings consumerism into focus. Will I only do church if it's comfortable for me? Or will I do the mission of God through my church whether it's comfortable or not? I don't like watching online, so I'm not going to watch. Watch! It's not about you being comfortable. It's about Jesus saying we do this mission. We've been meeting outside stinking hot weather. And when I'm preaching, people are just doing this. You know, mosquitoes are in long grass and it's boiling hot and sweating and 
It's developing rugged church. We, it's an opportunity to highlight consumerism and aha, stake in the heart. Not about comfort, but about the mission of God. It's highlighting individualism. Well, I'm okay. I'm going to dial back in after COVID because I'm okay. <laughs> is it individualism or is it community of God? We fight for community. And I'm not saying be reckless. I'm saying be safe. But there's a way of, of being, doing COVID yet doing community. There is. We can, we can innovate. We can do this. And uh, the third one is politicization. I've spoken about that. Everything's political these days. Masks. I'm not wearing a mask because I support that political party. Oh, so, that, so, so, so Jesus isn't your Lord. I'm not coming to church because I'm not prepared to wear a mask because it's a conspiracy theory and my political party is here. You've just raised the sign saying Jesus isn't really my Lord. If Jesus is your Lord, we do what the Bible says, that those of us who are stronger, we help those who are weaker in this area. Those who are more sensitive, whether for good reason or not, that's not the issue. In non-areas where it's not sinful, we, we help people. The, those with stronger conscience help the weaker conscience. This is Christianity 101. It's not like this mysterious doctrine. It's like, you don't want to eat meat, I won't eat meat. You don't drink that when I'm with you, I won't drink that. You want me to wear a mask? I'll wear a mask. You don't want me to wear a mask? Well, if you're happy, I'm, I'm, it's like we just do anything to keep the gospel moving forward and the, and the church moving forward, amen? But we do respect people's consciences. Some people just can't get past. They're just, it's just too much for them to be in that situation. And we don't scold them or make them feel guilty. We do our absolute best to help them. But we respect conscience. Paul wrote a lot about conscience, not searing conscience. He, he strongly urged the polis. As leaders, we can strongly urge, but when Apollos says, no, this is 1 Corinthians 16, when Apollos says, no, I can't actually go and do that, Paul said, no problem, I know you'll go when you have opportunity. I know you'll be back when you can. So we strongly urge, but it's with a light touch. Dagger, 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 stake, stake, stake. Paralyze, no. Catalyze, yes, help us, Lord. And also, friends, this is a season for us to fill our war chest for the next church plant. Where is it? Don't know. How can we give something? No, we give by faith. We've been doing this in our church. A year ago, we took up an offering for a church plant that we just didn't know. And East Coasters are all like, what exactly are we giving to? It's like, I don't know. Don't know. But God does. And God loves faith. So we thought it'd be great to close out this evening uh, with a burst of prayer and uh, taking up an offering. Our churches are giving, as individuals, it'd be just great if everyone could give something. And I feel tonight is about this offering more than about raising a huge amount, though it'd be great if we did. I think it's more about saying we're being catalyzed, not paralyzed. And whether COVID stays or goes, we are gonna plant more churches. There's more fields, there's more fences to run at, let's do it again. The mission, commission remains, people are getting, the gospel must go forth. Whether, whether America's as we like it or not, we must keep moving forward and God will keep empowering us. And I feel the offering tonight, like as we're writing checks or you know, sending my text or whatever it is, I just think faith is particularly important tonight, brothers and sisters. And I think we'll look back on this evening and say, remember that offering we took up for 
We knew not what. We were sowing in faith. And God does just graciously encourage us in faith. And it, what it's, as Spurgeon says, faith is the, is, is the nerve oh, that moves, you know, like the involuntary. It's like God, he loves faith. It's like, oh, okay, I'll move. You know? Of course, he can move without our faith. Our God is God, not faith. But Jesus loved faith. He couldn't, couldn't do much there because of lack of faith, and he did more here because of faith. Jesus noticed faith levels. Oh, you of little faith. I have not seen such great faith in all Israel. He was a noticer of faith. And let's just say, Lord, we've got faith tonight. Represented in this. I'm only giving a bit. I'm giving a lot. Whatever it is, mix it. Let's mix it with faith. And let's trust that God will show us which fence do we run at. <laughs> who goes? Who stays? Who do we sow? Who do we keep? How, do, how does it all work? God is still sovereignly empowering and orchestrating mission. Father, I pray for faith. I thank you for faith. Lord, we're just thrilled seeing. Thank you for the book of Acts. Thrilled seeing your empowerment and your orchestration. I pray, Lord, you would use this season to catalyze us, not paralyze us. We don't want to get ahead of you, but God, we, we want to be running. And I do pray for tonight, Lord, in, the, in addition to this offering that we're giving, I pray that we would give faith, for you are at work, you are still doing the book of Acts, and it's our 30 years, this is our, our book of Acts now. I pray you'd give us fresh faith and zeal to lean into you and one another and move forward with the gospel. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen.